Church, I just want to give an encouragement. I just got to feel it and I got to be forward if you don't mind me saying so. Please, please don't wait to be filled when you get here. Fill yourself before getting here so we can go for it. Make sense? Because your praise, the way you prepare for this, the way that you praise, the way that you lead, the way that you pray can actually break chains off of people. And so I want to give you and allow you to have some authority in that endeavor as well. Does that make sense, church? To give you authority to partake in that endeavor. This ain't the Emily show. This certainly ain't the Nick show. Certainly not. It's all of us. Amen, church? So we're in our series called Simple Ones. I'm super excited. Oh, here we go. Simple Ones has been an incredible series. We've been talking over the past, I think it's five, six weeks now, uh, of, of talking about wisdom. Someone say wisdom. Ooh. It's a word that we all know. It's a word that we kind of like understand. This is one of those trick questions. What's wisdom? Everyone goes quiet because they don't want to get the answer wrong. You know what I mean? We know it, but do we? We know it, but do we have it? Do we walk with it? Do we ask for it? And so we've been going through Proverbs. I want to say Proverbs. We've been going through the book of Proverbs just finding wisdom. Because when we find wisdom, man, that's whenever we find the fear of God in our life and we walk so closely with Him. Our life begins to change when we walk with wisdom. And this is based, this whole series has been based off of a scripture found in Proverbs 1, but I want to share this before we get started. Wisdom is a forgotten and ignored pursuit amongst believers. Yes, it is. We forget to ask for it. We forget to walk in it. Oftentimes, we don't even care about it. We think that we know the way. Oh, when Nick Miller is so fallible, I don't have it together. I was talking with someone, a friend of mine, and they said, I asked them, I said, hey, have you ever asked God for wisdom? And she said, never. And I don't think that she's the only one. Because we can be really easy, really, it can be really quick to judge. Oh, how dare she? No, no, we don't not, we do not ask for wisdom as much as we ought to. Amen, church? Don't pretend. We don't do that here. Don't pretend. And so it's a forgotten and ignored pursuit amongst believers. Look at what it says in Proverbs 1. Please take some notes today. We got some clipboards on the front of your chair. Go ahead, get a pen. Do whatever you need to do. You can write in your phones too. That's cool. Okay. But how long will you who are simple, simple-mindedness, those who walk in folly, those who do not walk in wisdom, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? I wrote in my Bible, oh my. I'm supposed to be the, the pastor guy, and I still do this too. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? How long will we hate it? Anyone ever have a, a conversation where you're like, hey, what do I do in life, and how do I navigate this, and what's the word of God show you, and then someone hits you with wisdom, you're like, nope, I hate that answer. Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. We hate knowledge sometimes. We hate was I ain't for I ain't forgiven. Mm -mm. Nope. Last week we talked about giving. I ain't giving. I hate that. Careful. Sometimes we ignore wisdom. And so the question that we all have for this series is this: Can we trust Him and yet at the same time trust in our own understanding? 
Can you trust in him and yet at the same time trust in my own understanding? You see, wisdom and God are tied together. He is wisdom. So if I want my own understanding, what's it saying? Perhaps I don't want his understanding. Perhaps I don't want him. Can we trust in him and yet at the same time trust in our own understanding? Can I share with you from Proverbs? It says this in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Let me read it backwards. Lean on your own understanding and trust not in the Lord with all your heart. We have to trust him and give him everything in all of my ways. Someone say, in all ways. In all of my ways, I submit to him. Give him total authority and control. I might think this, but if he says this, it don't make sense to me, but I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust it. And he will make your path straight. I want a straight path. I'm tired of the confusion. Anyone else with me? The world's a confusing world right now, huh? There's a lot of different opinions. You can just go on Facebook for three and a half minutes and be really confused. You can be really confused. I just want the straight path. I want the straight path for all of us here. Amen. And so the thing that's beautiful is that I might not be the smartest person in the world, but I trust in the God who is the most wise creator God. And wisdom is a promised gift from God to all believers. Someone say to me, to me when I ask for it. That's why I asked that friend that question. Have you asked for wisdom? Have you asked? Look at what it says in James chapter 1, and later on we're going to be reading from James chapter 3. Today we're going to be talking about the power of your words. Someone say, ooh, 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 there's my cherished moment to walk with you. I'm not going to shame you for not knowing. And if I am human and I know not to shame you for not knowing, of course God's not going to shame you for not knowing. But he's going to teach you. He's going to give it to you. Gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And so today we're talking about how we use our words. Proverbs, it has, it has over, I think it's around 98, 98 scripture references, 98 verses in reference to the power of our words. Today, you're not going to write down 98 scripture references on your card. I'm not going to do that to you, okay? But we're going to jump into the word and see what it says to us. We're not going to listen to man's wisdom. We're going to listen to his wisdom, amen? I want to start by saying this. The words that we use, this is the bottom line for today. If you can remember anything from today, it's this. The words we use will bring life as we speak with heavenly wisdom. The words that we use will bring life as we speak with heavenly wisdom. The tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Amen. The tongue has the power of life. Someone say life and death. Someone say death. Ooh. If I were to speak clearly, I don't want to be an agent of death in this place. Anyone else? I don't want that. I want my words to bring life. And those who love, those who love their words and cherish it and treat it with life, they will eat of its fruit. In other words, in other words, your life will have a 
an abundant life. You will be in abundance if you can just learn to submit your words to God. Amen? So we got to talk about this. we got to talk about this. I wanted to tell a story of an interaction that I had a couple of weeks ago in which someone had come to me, someone that I had, had known from the past and haven't really stayed in touch with. Hmm, how do I share this? How do I share this? I want to, I want to honor entirely. Who knows that sometimes the church can be a little bit yucky. Sometimes it can be a little bit messy. And, and a couple years ago, Emmy and I made a decision to kind of transition from a beautiful church and, and we were positioned in a wonderful position. I was the youth pastor. I was getting paid to throw pies in kids' face. What a great job. Wonderful. And we made a transition. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you. On both ends, it was messy. On both ends, it was messy. And there wasn't a lot of closure, which really hurts because I love a lot of people. Hmm. I'm going to change my verbiage. All. All. And uh, so we made a transition. And there was a lack of clarity for a lot of people involved. A lack of understanding. A lack of guidance. And, uh, and so... And so there has been multiple times where people have come up to me. They've either called me or come up to me and have asked for <laughs> clarity on a situation. Again, sometimes someone say the church is messy. Sometimes, sometimes it comes out a little bit sideways. And I don't, I don't blame people because we're all fallible. We all make mistakes, right? Yeah. We all make mistakes. So I was in a public setting around people. It was a wonderful time. I had the privilege of seeing a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a very long time. And in the midst of this conversation, ha, I believe it's the enemy, brought up and stirred up some old emotion that was undealt with in a person. And they came up to me. I love them. Seriously, this, this story is a, is a story of love and honor. I'm not mad at them. I just want you to understand that. And I'm not sharing this story to defame someone's character. I'm sharing it to share wisdom. Okay? Do you all understand? Yeah. This is not a place of talking poorly. Never. But I want to share wisdom. There was offense. Someone say offense. Oh, the enemy is so ugly. He is so ugly. There was offense that was undealt with. Because there was a lack of clarity. There was no closure in a situation. No closure in a situation. And so there was, a, there was an offense. And, and in the moment, in a moment, I wrote this there. A moment of hurt created a slip up with words. And she said some untrue things about me. Can I tell you? Deceiver, you call me, and a recruiter of people. And in that moment, has anyone ever had a conversation where you're like, oh, I'm starting to shake. Here we go, baby. You better believe it. We're going. But she was hurt 
And then she said something, and then I was feeling something. I, I, I again, I want to share this story. I'm not, I'm not bragging. I want to share this story because I've had a lot of practice. Ministry is a lot of complicated conversations. That's pretty much what my life in ministry is. Complicated conversations, complicated conversations. That's pretty much what my life is. So I've had some practice. Okay, saying something wonderful about me. Here we go. I feel it in a public setting. Oh my gosh, here of all places. Why here? Why here? Why here? Why here right now? Why here? Can at least call me. I'll have you over for dinner, but right here, right now? Okay, here we go. Someone say react, and someone say respond. There's a difference, you know that? Reaction is I'm just, I'm just ready to go. I got, oh, you're bringing out your gun, bazooka time. Respond is calculated. Respond is controlled. I was hurt. After the life that I've poured out for so many people in that wonderful church over many, many years, you would think this of me. I was hurt. I had every reason to get the bazooka because this person was not involved in the intimate details and I can show you what the intimate details are. But I'm not going to do that. I responded. I was very calm. I answered questions. Can I tell you what I ended up doing? I was praying in that moment. Uh, other people were walking around. Go ahead, get out of the conversation. I don't want more people in this conversation. A, B, get out of here, C, okay? So don't, don't jump in this conversation. Let me just have this, okay? And uh, I, I ended the conversation by saying this. I said, I am sorry. In my ignorance... And in a season where I was hurting and not healing myself and walking in a healthy way, I'm sorry for anything that was done that I knew of and didn't know of that hurt you, your family, or your church family. That was never my intent. I hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive me. And she said, all right. And it was a really hard conversation. And I don't, necessarily feel the need uh, it was genuine but I, di I didn't really feel the need to apologize but I did because I saw her heart was hurting response handling it with wisdom I could have been I could have swung back you don't know me you don't know what I went through Who, like what someone write this down Proverbs 12 words of the reckless pierce like swords I was really hurt I'm an alpha man. I like men. Oh, man, yeah. It hurt. I've poured my life out for people. It hurt. I felt very exposed. I felt very attacked. Reckless words pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. So I chose to respond in that instance. When I was getting pierced, I chose to try healing. I'm not perfect. This is not a story of bragging. I, again, I just want to give you information. I want to, I want to teach you guys. Then a few days later, I got a call. <laughs> I got a call, and we had a wonderful clarifying conversation that actually built bridges instead of walls. Can I tell you, and I'm not that great, but can I tell you if I had swung back, that wall would have been tall, tall wall. But because I chose to talk and speak with healing in mind, I feel like there was a bridge. 
there was a bridge, there was a lot of clarity found. Someone praise God. Because unity amongst churches is important. It ain't about that brand with that cool heart out there. No, no, no. It's not just about the one brand. It's about the church. Amen? That's what it's about. This isn't about just everyone gather at core and be super cool at core. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not kingdom mentality. I'm here to build bridges with other churches. So we need to be calculated with our words. It hurt me, but I had a choice to respond. Someone say, I got a choice. I have a choice how to respond. I got a choice. I have a choice. Your boss gets on your case. You got a choice how to respond. You want to be real rude? Oh, look at the fruit of that conversation. You want to be real rude? I'm working my butt off. Go ahead. Try it. See how it goes. Anyone married in this place? Yeah, try clapping back at your wife. See how you go. That's right. Amy's got that bazooka. Wow. Ready to go. And she's like a lefty too. She's out that southpaw. <laughs> Question for you and for me. Do you realize how damaging your words can be? And she brought it, she, she was hurt. And, and, and in the conversation following, she actually said, I never meant to bring it up. And I totally trust her in that. She never meant to bring it up, but just the hurt spewed something. It's what the enemy does. <laughs> so I've chosen, I say this all the time. Emmy, what do I always say whenever you, uh, you give me a little something? I always say, I know you don't mean it. I'm giving you grace. What an annoying statement, but it's true. Yeah, I don't have to say that at all. We've gone a lot better. I know she didn't mean it. I know it was from hurt. I'm giving her grace and I'm not going to respond with a bazooka. She doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve it. And not only that, I don't need to defend myself. God knows what happened. And I can only be here as an agent of unity, not of division. I can only be here to heal, not separate and hurt. Amen? So does anyone know how, anyone want to know how to walk with wisdom with their words? There's this beautiful portion in James chapter 3. Please get the book. Someone say the book. I know we're in the year of prayer, constant prayer, but we're still obsessed with his word. Amen, church? Look at that. Hey, we color in it too. We color, make it nice and pretty. Turn to James chapter 3 with me, please. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Usually I like uh, speaking on biblical accounts. I like the story of like Noah. I love giving like stories. So this is a little bit different to me. This is preaching one of James's letters, a, di a directive to you and to me, to those in the church. This, we receive instructions from James. Today is a teaching day. Someone say, I'm about to be taught. I'm about to be taught. We receive instructions from James on the way that we ought to speak. This section is titled, Taming the Tongue. Good luck. Here we go. Buckle in. It's going to be a ride. Taming the Tongue. It starts, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Can I pause there? When representing God, someone say, I'm an ambassador. Yes, you are. Just so you know, if you call yourself a believer in the way, the truth, and the life, you represent him in every sphere that you walk in. Do you understand that, church? When representing God with your words, understand that your words will have eternal weight. 
So when you're in work and you start speaking scripture, you better make sure you're right about what you're saying. Better make sure you're right about what you're saying. Not only that, but if you're not speaking scripture, but you're adhering to false philosophies, you better be really careful because they're saying, oh, Christians believe this? Be very careful. Be very careful. Can I also give another form of the way that you speak? Just so you know, when you post a scripture on Facebook and you talk about it, you're a teacher of the word now. You understand that? And you're you're trying to use scriptures to justify your position as to how you can hate one another. Be careful, you're a teacher of the word now when you're posting that scripture. You understand that? Careful. I'm not saying don't talk about the scriptures. I'm saying be wise with how you use the scriptures. Because you're a teacher and you're representative of the kingdom of God. And when people watch your life and they look at what you say, if you start saying some wrong stuff, you're now misleading. Be very careful, please. We all stumble in many ways, the scripture continues on. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Someone say is perfect. (gasps) That's amazing. It's not, it's not in the way that you live your life that you become perfect. It's not in the work that you do. Actually, what perfects you is what you say. It's never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. Every urge that you may have, just so you know, when you start speaking, you're able to break chains of addiction on your life. You know that? You're able to (laughs) cast aside that anger that you might be feeling in that conversation when someone calls you a deceiver and a recruiter of people. You are able to keep your whole body in check if you were to speak perfectly. (laughs) No one's perfect, though, right? We got to try. We got to try. The words that you speak impacts every facet of who you are. Understand, that's a beautiful thing, how he puts that first. Your words impact who you are. We always always think that our words impact others. No, first, it does work on you. First, it does work on who I am. The words that you speak impacts every facet of who you are. It's a very, very personal thing. Whenever you start speaking words, it's a very, very personal thing. I want to press on to something that's even better. Look at this. It says this in James chapter 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses. Anyone watch Yellowstone? I'm watching Yellowstone, okay? You know, Kevin Costner. It's about cowboys. I'm not a cowboy person, but I'm about to move to Montana, okay? And so I'm watching this cowboy show, and they're, you know, doing their thing. I'm, like, blown away. So then I read this, and I'm like, Yellowstone, it hit me, okay? When we put bits bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. (gasps) Oh, I just feel like I had some revelation about this scripture. You have a bit too, and something is turning your head too. Do you know that you can determine who is the master by observing who holds the bit? Okay, (laughs) let me say that again. You can determine who the master is by the one who is holding the bit. The one who is controlling the bit. Church, you have a master. It's one party or the other. Your mouth has a master. It's one party or the other. Good or evil. There is no in-between. That philosophy that says you're the master of your own life. No, no, no. That's fake. (laughs) I can determine my course. No, you can't. You got one master or the other. 
And who is holding the bit determines the course of your life. Amen, church? I, I need to give him the bit. I need to let him take control. One, or take this, take this as an example. Go ahead, you can put this up here. Take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I love how it mentions the winds. There are actually great influences over the course of the ship. Me as the ship, there are great influences in my life. There are things that hit me. There are things that move me. There are things that push me along. But perhaps the greatest thing that gets me to the destination is the small little thing on the back of the boat called a rudder. There are, someone, someone write this down, there are great influences over the course of the ship, but none greater than the rudder. And there's a master of the ship. There is a master of the ship controlling the whole thing. There is a master. There are other influences, but none greater than that small rudder. And what James is saying is that small rudder happens to be in your mouth. Consider, I love it. He keeps using analogies. It's so good. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. That's all it takes. Someone say, small spark. That's all it takes, church. Anyone ever set a forest on fire with one ridiculous little word? In our house, I, I, was, I was very forward with Emmy in the very beginning. And uh, I said, hey, we're not going to call each other names. Never. I will never call you a jerk, idiot, even the smallest of things. Because I know what that does. It sets it on fire. You might think it's, idiot, you might think it's a little thing. Oh, you idiot. No, 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 no. That's a big forest starting fire not even swearing I'm talking about that little word idiot when you call you call me dad we're gonna have problems small thing can start a big fire consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark the tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole body yes it does it corrupts the whole body remember how it said in the beginning a tongue can set a body perfect so apparently an evil tongue can corrupt your whole body he's theologically brilliant can corrupt the whole body it sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is set itself on fire by hell So the way that you speak, the words that you use, my goodness, they can set everything on fire. Anyone have that experience? You didn't even mean to say it. It just happened and it's on fire right now. One sarcastic little remark. One little thing. Here we go. I wrote this down. Untamed by, untamed, this small part of our body can destroy large portions of our life. It destroys families. You know that? One of the greatest and most depressing times of the year is Thanksgiving. Either A, families don't meet, or B, they meet and they fight based off of one small word. 
Do you know that Thanksgiving is, is the day in which alcohol is consumed the most? Because people can't cope with it. Then they drink alcohol. Look at how deceiving the enemy is. They start drinking alcohol and then they get even worse. Domestic violence, all that type of stuff. All caused by this little thing. I don't forgive you. I hate you. You remember what you did in 2003? You start saying those words, big fire. Untamed, the small part of our body can destroy large portions of our life. It's true. Amen. Am I speaking to anyone? Come on now. Come on now. I know I'm not the only one that needs help in this. Untamed, it can kill things. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a, uh, a restless evil full of deadly poison. I've read that before and been like, well, I'm hopeless. I can try all I want to be perfect with my words, but I'm hopeless. And James kind of leaves this like ambiguous, open-ended ending to this conversation like, well, thanks, bro. You just said my life is going to be set on fire and gave me no hope for it. That's great. And I just was reading this scripture again, and the thing that's beautiful is he's right. No man can tame it. Only God can tame it. He's absolutely right. Because I'm not my own master. There's greater authorities above me, so of course I can't tame it. The horse can't tame the horse. The ship can't drive the ship. And so we need someone to tame it. There's two authorities. There's good or there's evil. You have a choice. To let your words be instructed by one or the other. To allow your words to be tamed by one or the other. Amen, church? God can tame it. God can. With the tongue, it goes on, and I, I want to push through this because we have a lot of wisdom to gain from Proverbs. With the tongues, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings. Remember, we had that sermon, we can't hate people. Come on now. Come in here. Hey, God, we love you. Oh, but I hate the left or, oh, I hate the right. Careful. Praise God. Hate them. Careful. We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. That's true. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water, I love this, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No, sir, they cannot. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? No, it cannot. Can a grapevine bear figs? Hey, there's uh, scriptures about the fig tree. The fig tree is actually a representative of those who are judged. A grapevine are those who have life. And so in other words, he's saying, can those who are judged bear grapes and, and, and good fruit? No. And can the, those who are good and seated in righteousness, can those people, can they bear figs? They should not. They should not. Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. Your mouth can't have two masters, church. Someone say, it can't have two masters. It can't have two masters. And dare I say, if you're wondering right now which one it belongs to, it's time to pray about it. 
It's time to submit all ways to him. Life and death can flow from our words. The question from this story that I gathered after reading it this week was, which kingdom does my mouth belong to? Which kingdom do my words belong to? I can either kill or I can bring life with my words. That's what Proverbs says. And the word is true and unfallible. And if it says it, that is what it is. So what kingdom does my does my mouth, my words belong to? I have a couple things and I want to push through this so that way we can get, oh my goodness, I just want a heavenly deposit of wisdom. Someone say, I need wisdom. God, give it to me. Good. Let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, one thing, and, and I'm going to talk about how we can walk with wisdom with our words. I'm not perfect at this. This book is perfect, so I'm going to let this book do the talking to you, okay? Check your heart before you use your words. Someone say, check my heart. So in that moment, in that moment where this person confronted me in a public setting and said some untrue things about who I am and what I've done, God, what am I feeling right now? What am I feeling right now? Check my heart. And if it is not in alignment with these several areas, someone say, shut up. Please. Don't say it. First heart check is this. Is your heart filled with love or hatred? If it's filled with love, go ahead, respond, talk. If it's filled with hatred, shut up, please. Serious. It can be so damaging. There's going to be times in which people are hurt by me. If there ever is that time that you're hurt by me, please come talk to me. Don't take that hatred and go talk to someone else. You can come deal with me and be honest. I'm always open. I will not judge you, and I will not bazooka you back. I won't do it. promise. Love or hatred? If you have love, talk. Hatred, please be quiet. Hatred stirs up conflict. Ain't that the truth? But love covers all wrongs. Proverbs 10, 12. I'm just going to give you a couple of them. Please write them down so that way you can ponder on them. It says in the Word of God, meditate on the Word day and night. So I'm going to give you some things to meditate on. Amen, church? There's a lot of substance that's going to be coming in these next few moments. So please write them down so that way you can think on it. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrong. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Gentleness, that comes from a place of love. Gentleness, you're accusing me. I love you. I know we've done a lot of life together. I know that you're a sister in Christ. I love you. Let's be of one mind. Let's be gentle in this conversation. But a harsh word, if I was with hatred, I would just rather leave the conversation and say, I will talk to you in a later time when everything has calmed down. But I didn't feel that in my heart, so I felt okay to speak. A harsh word, though, stirs up anger. The hatred that you feel, the quick clap back, bang. Careful with that. It can do a lot of damage. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Whoever pursues righteousness and love, pursuing love. I'm, I'm in this state of 
<laughs> pretty angry, hatred, all these types of feelings. Let me pursue love. It might take a little bit of time. It might take a, a, a moment or two, but I'm going to pursue this. And from that place, I'm going to find life. Someone say life, prosperity, and honor. Can I tell you one of the fruits of the conversation that I had following that one interaction was actually a, a conversation that brought a lot of honor, actually, especially towards me. I said to that individual, I said, hey, I, I will apologize for the things that hurt, but I will not apologize for being, uh, for stepping into my anointing and my assignment. I will not apologize for becoming another lead pastor of a local church that is saving lives and bringing life to people, setting people free, seeing people baptized, seeing people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I will not apologize for that. And let me tell you something. I don't know if you know this, and I said this to her. I said, look, I know I was always that 13-year-old goofy kid. I'm still really goofy. If you see me during worship practice, I dance the whole time. I'm weird, okay? I said, but here's the thing. I know I was that 13-year-old kid, but now I'm a local pastor of another church. I need to be honored as such. And she was in agreement. It brought about honor. I want to share some New Testament with you too. Look at this. It says this in 1 John 2, chapter 10, or uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. Anyone, I want to live in the light. Come on. And there's nothing in them to make them stumble. Oh, I love that. When you love your brother or sister and brothers and sisters in Christ, amen. Nothing makes us stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. Can you imagine walking around in darkness? Your words are not going to be accurate, cutting to the heart, and reflective of the kingdom of God. They just won't. They just won't. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. When you carry that hatred, oh, it will not help your words. Church, I got to tell you something. If you got to forgive today, today is a great day to forgive. Today is a great day to forgive. Roots of bitterness will keep you walking in darkness forever and ever, and your words will not be able to be tamed. I say that word when I talk about forgiveness, and I know there's someone that pops into mind in three seconds. <laughs> Consider that. Consider that. Second one is this. If you want to know how to walk with wisdom in your words, truth versus lies. Church, we're not going to lie in this place. We can't lie. This is one of the most complex and difficult things. Because truth is probably the scariest thing in our life. Can I get an amen? It is really, really scary to be truthful. And actually, when people are truthful and open and transparent, it feels really yucky to us because we ourselves are not truthful or transparent. Oh, he's telling me how he really feels. Oh, he tells me what he's really dealing with. You're probably uncomfortable by that because you might not be so truthful yourself. Sometimes you might walk into church and you might say, oh, this guy is just open about his sin and open about his struggles in life. Oh, this feels kind of awkward and uncomfortable. Maybe you need to receive that awkwardness and uncomfortableness and learn from it the freedom that comes from walking in truth and speaking truthful. It is uncomfortable. We will be talking about sin here. We will be talking about the enemy here. I will be open with you about what I'm going through. The truth will set me free. Don't rob me of that. I'm going to be free. That's cool. Lies. 
I want to also talk about this. I went to counseling. Um, one thing, I, I'm a, I'm, I, I really, um, I'm not bragging about myself. I'm a really creative person. I, I, my, my mind is very froofy and fluffy and whimsical, okay? I'm a very creative-esque person, okay? And uh, one of the things, I was in counseling, and I was trying to get counseling from my porn addiction. And, and my, my counselor, her name was Susan, brought up an incredible point. She said, you watch porn and you lie a lot. You're a pathological liar because you are an incredibly creative person. Lies are very creative. I can take you on a wonderful chain of an interesting story and get a thrill by that because I was creative. So if you're creative, just watch. You might be lying. We have a propensity to do such. Truth first lies. Are the words I'm about to say truthful or am I lying? An honest witness tells the truth, it says in Proverbs, but a false witness tells lies. Can't lie. Tell the truth. Truthful lips endure forever. Anyone want to endure forever? Come on now. Yes. Proverbs 12, 19, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. You will get exposed. You'll lose all credibility. It will be gone. I know it's scary to tell the truth, but tell the truth. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Even over the little stuff. Let me speak about pastors real quick. We have this thing called pastor count. You know what pastor count is? It's when a group of, in a room of pastors go in and flex their muscles. Well, my church has 3,000. Well, my church has 3,500 and 400 kids. Everyone loves flexing their muscles. Just be truthful. Just be truthful. Truthful. You don't need to flex. You don't need to impress. You don't need to lie about who you are. Actually, you'll be honored if you're just truthful. Amen, church? Do not lie to each other, it says in Colossians 3. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self. Wow. If you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that old lie self needs to go. Amen? That's very clear. Can't misinterpret that. Do not lie. It's an imperative command. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. In other words, as you jump more into this, you become more of who you're supposed to be. When you jump more into the book, you become more of who you're supposed to be. Christians, you need to be reading your Bible. You have to. <laughs> the church actually is filled quite often with a lot of lies. You come in, hey, how's it going? I'm good. I know you've just been driving to church with your three kids fighting the whole way over here. You get out of the car, put your jacket on. All right, calm. We good? We good? Yeah. Hey, and you walk in. It's, it's cool to be broken here, just so you know. It's all right. You can be real. When we talk about asking for prayer requests, you just had a trash week and you feel attacked but your dignity is saying ah I'm good that's a lot can I also say another form of lying is omission were you at the crime scene no I wasn't I didn't see nothing that's a lie that's a lie hmm please don't lie it kills third thing is this healing versus harm I want to keep pressing on the words of the reckless if you have a healing heart or if your heart is hurt if your heart is hurt please don't talk right now 
not in this very moment. Go ask God for some healing. Can I tell you, sometimes the times that we're hurt most is by those that we love most. And sometimes we just keep the dialogue going on. Again, if you're married, sometimes you just keep on duking it. Just take a minute. Go. If your heart has healing as opposed to hurt, you'll find a lot of fruit and a lot of life in your words. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. We shared that in the beginning. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. I want to bring healing. Amen, church? I want to have the most difficult of conversations but see God move and see God bring some healing. The soothing tongue is a tree of life. I love that. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It can crush people. Fools give vent to their rage. Anyone, anyone, anyone have a lot of rage and they just let it go? Mm-hmm. Don't talk. But the wise bring calm in the end. I know you're feeling this. I know your anger has gone to this place. Stop and breathe. Please meditate on the word. First Peter says it like this. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. All of these things that bring about healing. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. If you're hurt and you're hurt and you're insulted, do not repay it with evil and do not repay it with insult. Am I talking to anyone in this place? I know that this is a correcting conversation, but I want to see some passion from you all in this place because I need this. Actually, let me say this. The kingdom needs this. If we want to build a church that truly lasts 500 years and reaches people, this is going to be a vital part of this. Amen? Because, uh, or, or on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. In other words, that which hurts you, bring healing. Pray for those. Pray for blessing over them, and you will certainly be blessed. Perhaps whenever you speak with healing, it actually heals you too. Amen, church? Fourth one is this, patient versus brash. I had to look that word up. I was like, is this the right word? Yes, it is the right word. Brash. That means quick to respond. Anyone here quick-witted? You got a comment in one second. Um, this, uh, in, in the conversation that I had, I wasn't brash. Actually, uh, I get like this sometimes. You might be in this situation uh, where when someone says something that's really hurtful, I kind of get like dumbfounded and like, whoa. Wow, and I don't know what to think. Wow. Patient first, brash. Don't swing back right away. Fools show their annoyance at once. Someone say at once. Yeah, that's pretty foolish. <laughs> I, uh, I, I told Mark, who's running Pro Presenter right now, I said, Emmy's going to take notes on this section. Do you need it? <laughs> Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Those who guard their lips, look at this. Those who guard their lips preserve, I always think persevere, preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Calm down, slow down. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Those who are quick to air your opinions. We get this sometimes in small group. Everyone wants to just start going, going, going. Calm down. Just listen. You'll learn so much. and You'll gain so much wisdom by just listening. To answer, and this is one of the, one of the most um, uh, 
This is really important. I, I spoke about this, especially in regards to my transition. A lot of people didn't understand what Emily and I went through and what happened in that scenario. Again, it was messy on both sides. But to answer before listening, so whenever you hear all of this information about me and Emily in that situation, I said, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. You could have come to us and had some understanding, but instead you spoke without understanding who we are. And you experience folly and shame. If you don't listen, you will end up in folly and shame. I'm just telling you. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. It says in James 1.9, everyone should be quick to listen. Do you know if you're quick to speak, you're probably going to get very angry. It's a dangerous cycle. I got a quick word, boom, and now I'm angry. If you're quick to listen, though, anger might subside. Be quick to listen, slow to, be, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Fifth one is this. I got one more after this. Unity versus division. If your words are about to be divisive, please shut up. Please, don't talk. But if they bring unity, yeah, I'm all about that. A gossip. This is huge in the church. Church, I got to be honest with you. This is like, um, I'll say this. Uh, I think probably the, um, well, we're going to find out in Titus chapter 3. Let me just let the words of the Bible speak to you, okay? A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs eleven thirteen. Proverbs 16 says it like this. You can put this up here. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. The church has, has an incredible ability to innocently take words. Oh, is there anything that I can pray for you for? Oh, did you hear? Oh, her husband's watching porn. You start stirring up conflict like that? Careful. It won't be tolerated. Oh, I almost get like, I get angry on this subject, by the way. I, I would call it a holy anger because I can't deal with that. That will have no place here. Innocently getting information then trash talking fellow believers. That way, please. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 29, an angry person stirs up conflict. Y'all see it. And a hot-tempered person commits many sins. It's true. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. I love that. I love that. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Titus chapter three speak on how I feel about the church. When a divisive warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. That's going to be my position towards anyone in the church, just so you know. Stirring division, we can talk. Stirring it again, we'll talk again. After that point, I'm just going to be really forward. You're not going to be here. Can I say that? Yeah. You won't be here. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. You're divisive here. We will not tolerate that at Core Church. Amen? Can we, hey, I'm also talking about me, myself, too. You can keep me accountable, too. Amen, church? We will not be divisive here. We will not be talking about other churches. There's a lot of people who've come in from other churches and love to come and talk to me about their pastors. I love their pastors. I'll shut you down in one second. We don't talk about that. 
There are men and women who are committing their life to preaching and teaching the gospel, and we want to trash them because they're fallible and they've made one mistake and said one wrong word. Please, we don't need that here. We don't need that here. It won't be tolerated. Good. I get angry. Instruction and folly is the last one. Those who speak and walk with wisdom will carry instruction and or folly. If you're not, if you're not walking with wisdom, you're going to be foolish in what you say. These are the people who say, who say uh, what people want to hear and not what they need to hear. Oh, what do I do? I just texted this woman. Oh my gosh, I, 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 I just texted this woman. I'm married. And what do I do? Well, I don't know, but don't tell your wife. No. No, that's not it. Be honest, truthful. Walk with wisdom. You'll lead people to life. Go be honest with your wife. I know it's going to be the worst conversation of your life, but go be honest. Go be honest immediately. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the folly gushes folly. Ah, oh, please, please, please. If you're about to offer something that does not align with the word of God, don't say it. Proverbs 15, 2. Gold there is and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. When you find that person with wisdom, stay close to them. Like an earring of gold, I love this, I love this. Like an earring of gold, an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise. Actually, hey, church, just so you know, sometimes the wise are going to rebuke you. You have a choice. You can say, oh, that jerk, I'm not listening to anything. Or you can actually understand that it's probably the most precious things your ears are ever going to hear. Could be. That's what you want to make of it. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Please understand, if you got something foolish to say, or it's going to be misleading, do not say it. All scripture, someone say all scripture, it's all breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This is actually one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. This is huge. Speak the scriptures. Honestly, what we need to practice more and more of is speaking more and more of the scriptures to one another. I don't need to hear your TED talk of your opinion and your life experiences. I need to hear what God is talking about. Please don't air your opinions. Yeah, that's really cool. You have a lot of life experience. It better line up with this or I'm not listening. And what happens when you do listen to that and when you do find wisdom and when it does give wisdom, it actually equips every person to be competent for every good work that they're called to do. Amen, church? That's what walking with wisdom does. Does anyone want to speak with wisdom in this place? Church, I'm telling you, when we speak with wisdom, the world's going to know and the world's going to be drawn to it. Let's speak to the state of our world. It's very confusing, like I mentioned earlier. A church that's walking and speaking truth and in wisdom, it is going to be the most different place on earth. I didn't write this down, but I want to say one last thing. Church, we have a horrible tendency of speaking to ourselves in an unbiblical way. We call ourselves idiot. We say we have no gifts. We can't do anything. We say we have no purpose. We say I'm always going to be depressed. That's a lie. I had a conversation with some young folks that talked about nihilism, that we're just in a constant state of depression. Don't bring that false philosophy in this place. 
Our self-talk needs to be conducted in the same way. This conversation was not just about speaking to others. It's also about speaking to self. Someone told me yesterday that uh, we often let our mind think its own thoughts, but we have to tell our mind what to think. You understand that, church? The way you do that is by correcting it. Did you hear me? I just said a lot. I love a lot. No, I love all. Tell my mind that I love all people. You got to tell your mind what to think sometimes, church, and it better align with the word. Amen? Our self-talk is really terrible. And it's an ignored thing in the church because we don't want to address it. We don't want to be confrontational. But the enemy loves to seep in on that self-talk and destroy people within the church. He does want to do that. Please watch your words to yourself. Amen? Our words, the words we use will bring life as we speak with wisdom. Amen, church? I want to be a church that brings life. We're going to do it. We're going to be on this journey of walking with wisdom together. Let's pray. God, you have, we submit all of our ways to you. And the area that we might not have control over, which is our mouth. God, like it said in the scriptures, you can put the bit in and you can turn it to the left and to the right. You have total authority over my mouth that is leading my way. Jesus, I give you all the control. All the control over every word. Your word actually says that when I am confronted or when there is a difficult situation in front of me, that I do not have to worry because you will give me the words. I pray for a relationship with the Holy Spirit like that, that you will give me the words to say in each and every situation, God, that I don't know what to say. God, this room, we ask for wisdom on how to respond and how to reach people and how to speak to one another and wisdom for how to speak to ourselves In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, I want to pray for one more group of people. Can we have our heads bowed real quick? If you... Uh, if you have lived your life and you have not yet accepted or invited Jesus into your heart, today is a wonderful opportunity to submit to him and proclaim him and confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. Romans 10, it says it like this. Believe in your, in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is, uh, that you are, that Christ is your Lord and Savior. You will be saved. Jesus came onto earth fully aware of the iniquity of man the sin of man he took all of the burden on his shoulders and he went to a grave in an unjust scenario he was perfect and became the perfect sacrifice to atone in other words to pay for your debts and to fix your wrongs so that you may be healed and whole not just on this earth but everlasting if you want to begin that relationship with him today you don't have to be perfect you don't have to have it all together but if that's you on the count of three, I just want to invite you to raise your hand as an outward way of saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. One, two, three. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. I see that hand. That's awesome. Anyone else? No one's judging you. No one's judging you. So good. You can put your hand down. If you raise your hand, just say this from your heart. Jesus, I give you it all. You have all of my life. I believe that you died and rose again to set me free and to give me life here on earth, but life everlasting. I turn away from my past. I repent of who I was. I take captive every thought in my mind, every word that I use, and I give it all to you. Submit all of my ways to you. I confess you as my Lord and Savior, and I'm ready to walk with you for the rest of the days of my life. Have it all. 
have it all. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. Can we lift up a shout of praise for that person who made that decision? Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, can we uh, step into worship real quick? Will you all stand with us?